It's after dark. After dark. We're never at our best after dark. Never at our best. But the juices are going to get flowing tonight. I have a good feeling. Yes. And now, how do you think that the new law about daylight savings time is going to affect our after darkness? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, I don't, I, first how, of all, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand how this happened without like any public discussion of it. Like it just was like, oh, today passed. Like no more daylight savings. Like I feel like we weren't talking about it. Nobody said this might happen. It right. Just nobody, was like you. Nobody you ran and, on it. Yeah. Nobody said they were going to do it. Talk about something Trump should have sunk his teeth into. Just something that's like mostly harmless. Right. You know, people feel connected to. It matters <laughs> right. to them. They understand exact, precisely how it affects them. That's true. That would have been a great Trump issue. I'm the guy that had the balls to get rid of daylight savings yeah, <laughs> once right. and for all. Yeah. Yeah. Trump's big things, I think, should have been that and a national holiday the day after the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good one, too. You're Those right. Those are just two Trump, two initiatives that had Trump all over it that you could have right. at least pointed to like, well, you know, look, he gave us that. Right. Although instead he ended up at war with the NFL, you know, he's like, right. He's exactly. Really, yeah. I don't know. It's weird how successful he is in many ways. He has the worst instincts and yet he has, he has correct instincts in these weird, very specific cases, mostly about how much white people hate non-white people, but right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I think it's also it's less about his instincts and and his real superpower, of course, is his just total lack of shame. Yeah, right. Zero shame. Number one quality. Yeah. (laughs) Are you you excited about this daylight savings thing? I I guess it's nice that it won't get dark as early in the winter, but. But it's also going to be really like probably our kids are going to leave for school in the dark. Right. Like that sucks. You ever left for work in the dark? Yeah, it stinks. It's brutal. Yeah. You know, I guess and and then you get what? How how I, I that's why the thing is I don't understand it. I don't understand why we needed to do it. I don't understand why anyone is so excited about it. Right. It's just like I felt kind of annoyed. I'm like, "Well, I don't <laughs> totally get what that means." First of all, I didn't know which one was being right. eliminated. The one in the fall or the one in the spring. Right. I had to Google it. I had to spend some time trying to figure Thinking out Thinking about it. Yeah. Right. Like, "All right, what does this mean for me?" It also means that we're getting rid of fall back. So we're getting rid of the extra hour of sleep. Yeah. Right. Who doesn't like that? Yeah. The extra hour, though, when you have kids, it's like. Yeah, I guess. But our really kids are like almost about to age out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I do hate losing the hour, though. That losing that hour feels like you lost 20 hours. I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's part of why I guess we're so tired w- now. if they could pair this with school starting later, then I think we'd really have a society worth living in. But <laughs> <laughs> until that, I don't, you know, you could get school starting at like 930. Now, that's an America I can believe in. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, why can't we just shift everything back late? I don't know. Why are we going to get we up so early? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like when I think of the things in my life that really make it to where you, I get that feeling that I don't, 
that it's not even worth it. <laughs> like at the top of the list is the school grind of getting up at 7 a.m. and getting my kids ready and making their lunch and getting them dressed. And it's always earlier than I want it to be. Like, why can't we address that? Well, I guess it probably started that way where like parents had to get their kids ready for school, get the kids to school and then get themselves to work. Of course. And so it has to start that early. Like, I don't know. The the way to solve it is people have to be allowed to get to work later. Right. Well, let's let's get on it. (laughs) Well, right. I agree. Let's make a world worth living in. (laughs) (laughs) But do you think it would make a difference or do you think we would all just revert then to like staying up later and waking up with just as little time with just the same amount of sleep and it feeling pretty much the same? I don't know. I mean, I feel like that would be a big difference if I could get, because I still, I'm one of these people that still stays up late in the weekdays, you know, like, or later than I should. But you're probably, you're, you know, it's definitely possible that then you would just sleep till 930 and then you'd still be like five minutes late. Um, I, I mean, because personally, I would probably, eat, like, I'm an early riser just by nature. So I would just, if but if everything started later, I would still appreciate it because then that would just mean I had more time in the morning just to like settle yeah. into the day. Have a cup of coffee, read something, watch something maybe. Yeah. Right. It's all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. And then really go to work with a clear head. Right. Yeah. Ready to go. Prepared. Right. Well, so uh, if this bill could lead to that, that would be great. Right. Then it's we're, not then we're on. That, no, it's not. No, it's what, it's not. Gonna, what it's going to lead to is us leaving in the dark and feeling depressed. Yeah. The, I, I do think people are, are, are not a pre. They're like just thinking about how dark early in the afternoon in the winter stinks but dark in the morning also very depressing so you're just shifting your depression to the morning right (laughs) not to mention you know who cares if it gets dark early in the winter it's freezing outside i'm not staying out that's true and there is sort of that nice when it starts to be like lighter longer and then it's also warmer and now you're like hey now it's like let's go get the margaritas and do a little outdoor drinking Right. Yeah. But that's an interesting point you made because I feel like the vote was so unanimous in the Senate. It was totally bipartisan. Yeah. No one ever I no one ever mentioned this before. I was not <laughs> consulted, Brian. I know, I hear you. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> and you're right, for it to be unanimous with everybody agreeing that we must do this right now, it doesn't seem like it it matters enough that it, I'm so shocked at the level of consensus. And I just feel like on Twitter, people are like, finally. Like, we're, was anyone clamoring for this? I don't understand. I Some people don't like it, really don't like it. But like, how, like, what does it have to do to you and your body and your life for you to actually actively <laughs> right. not like it? Right. I think it's just the like arbitrariness of it, you know? It's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, we move the clocks, you know? Like, why? So, you know, who said? It's like, no, that's what we do. <laughs> right, I, but I, you know, look, of all the things in this world that we're asked to accept without thinking too hard about it, right. to me, this was fine. <laughs> like, whatever, you know? like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I never, I never like paid it that much mind, you know. And or I wish 
Like to me, it also feels like this is coming too late. As you might remember, right? Uh, daylight savings time in both directions was quite an event in my house growing up. <laughs> it was why because your parents couldn't handle the complexity of. <laughs> it's, not that, it's not. It's not that they couldn't handle. It's the, the complexity of the time change of the clocks. So all of that was a real, the complexity of human interaction, I think, is right, what they were, had right. the most difficulty with. Because well, what happened is, you know, first of all, for our listeners, they were ministers. So they worked on Sunday and uh, they had to get up early on Sunday. And this change usually takes place from, you know, Saturday to Sunday. Right. So there was always a little nervousness and tension around this. And then... <laughs> What would typically happen is Saturday morning, not Sunday, Saturday morning, my dad would get up and change only the clocks that he frequented. <laughs> so you know, like, so his clocks would be correct, but everybody else's would be incorrect. Well, right. But it wouldn't even be like everybody else's. It would just be like the clocks that he used, you know, right, like he right. didn't go to certain areas or like he didn't really look at the clocks in the kitchen because he didn't spend a lot of time in there. So we, our whole house would be just various clocks an hour apart for that whole day. And, you know, it led to mistakes. Right. That, <laughs> He liked to get a jump on it. He would set right. them free. Yeah, no. That upset everybody, especially my mother. And, you know, as the as the day wore on and the tension built for Sunday the next day, there was just more and more chaos and yelling and angry and just all that was going on. Oh, my God. So it's a very disruptive event right. when I was a kid. I, so I wish they would have gotten rid of it back then so I had right. to deal with all that or just leave but it. now you've lived it you're used to it you're right accommodated yourself to it and now here we are in this brave new world right well, just like politicians to fix a problem after i already figured out the solution right <laughs> <laughs> oh god yeah i don't know i don't yeah. know how i feel about it i don't know if i feel strongly pro or against well, I think I'm gonna. I'm maybe I'll 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 actually fire off some tweets and I'll sort of corner the market on the anti-change. Anti-change, a single really? issue, anti-eliminating <laughs> <laughs> of daylight savings voter. <laughs> actually, what I'd really love to do is go to the one of these like deep Trump places, like you know maybe Staten Island. It's not that hard to get to, and go to like a town hall from a politician, and as everyone else is freaking out about masks vaccines don't say gay in school right whatever I, I, when it's my time i am gonna just go off on daylight savings time. Just start ranting and raving about how we like, can't get rid of it right this is what the communists want this is fascism right and i'm gonna try and exceed the anger of like the mask people right totalitarianism tyranny hitler this is what hitler did he changed the class <laughs> <laughs> this is the road to Hitler. <laughs> you know what I have have actually discovered recently with my kids, speaking of Hitler, but <laughs> <laughs> No, but you know how like your ch- children, you're trying to create this sort of like innocence for as long as you can and you know you create this world for them that everything is like 
everything is good and neighbors can be trusted and you shouldn't fear anything and there's candy and ice cream and fun at all times (laughs) and that's like the world you sort of kind of the vibe you create for your children or at least you try to and then one day they come come home and they're like who's hitler (laughs) (laughs) and you're like um you know He's not good. He's bad. <laughs> he was not bad. one of our finest folks. <laughs> he was bad. And you just don't have the vocabulary to even begin to try and explain it. You know, my kids were weirdly like, especially because this Russia, Ukraine, they've like sort of gotten oh. the gist. And so they were just starting to ask me about World War Two and like, why did we fight that? You know, and you're like, well, this country was really bad. Well, what were they doing? You know, and it's like, right. uh, you know, like. There's no nice way to say, like, he wanted to kill all the Jews. Right. <laughs> like, there's just no kid-friendly way to explain right. it. You gather so, them up. You right. rounded them up. Like, right, it's brutal. <laughs> it's you just, know? what? Because their little kid brains are just like, what? Yeah. And you're like, right, now I've, I've given you a really false picture of what the world is like. Well, that, that's why, too, like... You know, every every year when I was as so as kids get older, I used to work in a middle school and every year when I believe it was the eighth grade was learning about World War Two, they were all fascinated by Hitler, like right. all of them fascinated. But it's because I think like you're right, you know, for for ki- for the kids like our kids age, this is like, wait, this is like this is real. There's people like that. And right, he's time, like a supervillain. It's like he's Lex well, Luthor. Yeah. Precisely. And then by the time they're in eighth grade, they've gotten used to the idea that people like that exist. And they're like, but this guy took it so far <laughs> that like he like is fictional almost. Right. Right. He is the most world famous evil person of all time. It's like yeah. you're like, no, villains don't exist. And it's like, well, there was this one guy. <laughs> Actually, there's been a few really right, no, bad ones. No, there have actually been, been many. I feel yeah, like. but, right. Actually, right. Lots of them. Right. right. So, how did the, the real question is how did Hitler stand out so much? Right. Well, I mean, you know. I, well, of course, right. Right. <laughs> I, right. I know. I, I get it. Right. Yeah. No, but you're right. There's there's some very very evil men, and 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 I'm getting what I'm getting at is just as they get older, it's like, oh shit. Right. How do I square this? These two impressions I've been giving of the world that they inhabit. Yeah. No, that's really true. Right. All you, of which I mean, to say, my kids are getting old. They're getting older. Yeah. And now you're gonna have to tell them the truth, which is you can't trust anybody. Right. 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 <laughs> Even your friends. Right. Right. <laughs> They'll betray you and disappoint you in a million ways, yeah. and you know. Your own parents. I wouldn't trust them either. Oh, definitely not. Right. They don't know yeah. what they're doing. Right. Sometimes they might even not have your best interest at heart. They might think <laughs> they do, but they're probably thinking about themselves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just want to go to bed. Right. 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 Anyway. Well, now that... Uh, you know, now that we have that extra hour or not, no one knows. We'll be watching the Giants at the same time on Sunday, but they'll look quite different. So, uh, you know, maybe I don't even know, like an hour before we started recording, Tyrod Taylor signed with the Giants. I saw that. Yeah. So 
I saw Mike Sando from The Athletic. His initial reaction is basically, you know, I guess the contract is for two years. So, I mean, first of all, I'll credit Jordan Renan or Dan Duggan. I can't remember which one, but one of them said before last year that you really had to have the fact that we had Mike Glennon was pretty crazy because you really had to have a solid backup for Daniel Jones because so far he's never played a full season. He's probably going to get hurt. At this point, you almost have to bank on it, and so you have to have somebody reliable to back him up. And I think what this kind of adds is it's some legitimate competition for Jones, so it's not just like, don't worry about it, Daniel. And if it turns out that Daniel Jones stinks, then we have Tyrod Taylor for two years. He's not horrendous. He's like probably on the lower end of that Ryan Fitzpatrick category where it's like he's not as good as people want him to be, but there's something about him that people love, and he's probably a little better than he should be. And, you know, I don't know. That's a vague description. but that's, No, I hear you. Yeah, that's kind of how I classify him. And then he's just our bridge guy until we find the real guy, hopefully a year after. Yeah, see, I I don't really get it. I, I got to say, like, I feel like last year it might have made sense to have Tyrod Taylor on a two-year deal because last year the Giants thought they might be good, you know, and then you had to bank on, okay, what happens if Daniel Jones gets hurt? We will be in the thick of a playoff race. We don't want to turn the thing over to Mike Glennon. But now right. you stink. And so – having a terrible backup like so what like if jones gets hurt and you gotta go to your lousy backup okay fine like we're not gonna be good this year anyway like let's use all the money we can building up this roster like i don't see why this giants team i mean i get the idea of like a little bit of competition for jones and i but i but like almost to what end like it would sort of impress me i guess a little if daniel jones could beat out a tyrod taylor like sort of but like one is it a real competition and two like i don't actually want to see tyrod taylor as the giant starter like there's no point like i want to see daniel jones be the giant starter and succeed or fail this year um and then we know we can move on from him uh, i don't know like i just don't i don't really get why you would invest the kind of money they seem to pay him. Like just have whoever be the backup, like put that money towards a good player that we need. We certainly, there's plenty of holes on this team, like backup quarterback. Like we know who the quarterback's going to be and we know if he's either good or we need a new one. And we certainly don't need Tyrod Taylor to be the quarterback for any, you know, well, did we give him a lot of money? It's like 17 million bucks for two years. I mean, it's it's not nothing. Right. I don't know what the market rate is, I guess. I, I guess my you pay for, I mean, backups are expensive if they're good. Yeah. But right. like, what do we need a good one for? Well, I guess what I would say is, first of all, if he beats out Daniel Jones in camp, then Daniel Jones is not the guy. So that question's answered already. Right. But I, we, I don't think either one of us thinks that's going to happen. But, you know. No, but the, right. But let's say he does beat it. Let's say he outplays him noticeably. Like, right. What well, do you do? Well, then you play him. Why? <laughs> what do we What do we play in Tyrod Taylor for? Well, what do we play in Daniel Jones for? To see if he's any good. But if he can't beat out Tyrod Taylor, well, in no, because Tyrod Taylor's like Tyrod Taylor's like a veteran who might who could maybe look better than Daniel Jones in the preseason, 
I mean, and... this is year four for Daniel Jones. He's not a rookie anymore. No, like, I agree. I agree. But I'm just saying, like, to me, I just don't see what this – like, I'd rather have, like, uh, uh, you know, an interesting prospect, you know, like uh, – I'd rather Ritter. have, like, Dwayne Haskins be the, the backup quarterback or, like, you know, somebody like that where there's some upside and – you know what I mean? Like, I don't well, get what we need Tyrod Taylor for. You know, to me, I think it just makes sense because, because uh, I, I also, I do think that even if Jones plays poorly, he's going to, he'll play out the season. If he wins the job or whatever, and he starts and he stinks, I think he'll play out the season. I think what Ty- Tyrod Taylor gives us is like, again, that's like the bridge. Okay. So we move on from Jones and then, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's a quarterback there we like. We still have Tyrod Taylor there, and he gets us through that next year, and he has this year to you know, learn the system, get comfortable with the coaches, the organization, all that. Okay, I guess I could see that. Like Maybe you make enough improvements with the team this year, but you can't, but Jones fails. Right. So then next year, you don't have to totally, but don't you want to stink that next year then too? Or like, like, I mean, at some point you got to get a good quarterback, right? Like, right. But yes and no, because, you know, I mean, these like kind of consensus can't miss number one overall pick quarterbacks don't come along every year. But, you know, like you get. But there's uh, going to be a couple, right? Like there's going to be the Alabama kid and the Ohio State kid. Like, right. All right. Coming right up. Like. Like, if Daniel Jones gets hurt, I'd rather than just lose every game and yeah. be in position to get, you know, C.J. Stroud rather yeah. than have Tyrod Taylor come in and, you know, steal a few late ones against Washington or something and then... Right. I don't know. Yeah, no, I get that, too. But I guess the counter to that, and I, and, well... This isn't a counter because you're right. Like I'd want C.J. Stroud. I'd want uh, what's his name from Alabama, the alleged Heisman winner. But what is his name? Bryce something? What is it? Why can't I? Remember? Bryce Young. Bryce Young. Yeah, you got it. So, um, uh, what was? Oh, you're right. But that's true. But then the counter to that is last year, like all we have this year, we had this the sixth or the fifth overall pick, right? This year we have fifth and seventh, fifth and seventh. Yeah, right. So think about how excruciating it was to watch last season, and we still got the fifth pick. So in theory, might not even be able to get either one of those guys in next year's draft if it was the order of picks right now. Yeah, we would. And 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 think about how brutal the season we just lived through actually was. <laughs> so like. I don't know. I would rather watch Tyrod Taylor than Jake Fromm if if I, both I if like, both Jake could Fromm's result. Like a perfect example. Like, wouldn't you? I don't know. Like, as bad as he was, all right. Now he's got a summer in the system. Maybe like at least he's a young guy who like was once a five star prospect. Like, rather a thirty two year old journeyman who you know we know has no real future with the team. Neither does Jake Fromm. I know he. he I, of course he does. But at least he's like. Who knows? Maybe he 
like we know. I don't think I I don't think he was given, you know, he wasn't put in a position where he could have succeeded last year. He came in off the street and played for a horrible team. I'm not saying he's good. I'm not this is not an argument for one second of for Jake Fromm as the future of the Giants quarterback. I'm just saying to me that would make more sense to like all right, throw a guy like that in there. See what he's got like off a year where he had a full training camp and preseason games and has been in, you know, learned the offense rather than like had been on the team a week. Like, I don't think we got a fair assessment of that dude. Not, not that I'd need one, but I'm just saying I, we've also have 10 years of Tyrod Taylor. Like I'm not making him the franchise quarterback and we're spending significant money on him. Like it just seems like a luxury item for a team that, doesn't you know had no money to spend why are we wasting it on a backup quarterback yeah i guess but then i just think back to last year when it was like mike glennon and jake Fromm. it's like why am i even watching this game what is the purpose of this game even being played right but i mean you think tyrod taylor in those games would have made them like fun or I think he makes it an NFL game, a con- I, NFL contest. Yeah, I, mean, I agree with that, but like, it's not much more interesting. Like, okay, he goes out there, he probably plays a little bit better. They lose. I don't know. It just seems like, uh, you know, it's like even like I, w- I didn't really want the Mitch Trubisky thing to happen, but at least Mitch Trubisky is like 25 years old or whatever it is. Well, Mitch Trubisky is like if I think Dan, I, I definitely read this in Dan Duggan's article, but he's right. If we're going to sign Mitch Trubisky, we should just get rid of Daniel Jones, trade him away, get some assets for it. Like if we're going to get Mitch, you know what I mean? There's no sense in having both those guys. Right. But that's my Like, what's the difference? Like, what's the point of having Tyrod Taylor? Like, then they might as well dump Daniel Jones. Like, I don't know. I guess because he, he's more of a vet. I, I don't know. I just think Tyrod Taylor can bring something. If nothing else, like everybody raves about that guy as though he's an extra coach. Maybe he'll yeah. help Daniel Jones. Right. You know what Jake what's Jake Fromm gonna do? Gonna go on a you know, get some sodas. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I this is not an argument in favor of oh I, all right, I guess you're right. Mitch Trubisky got a lot more money. He got two years. Um all, it could go all the way up to $27 million. So it's an extra wow. $10 million. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I just to me, it just feels like a waste of money um, for a guy who's not going to play and we don't need and doesn't help us in the future. How much did Mike Glennon make last year? Probably a decent amount. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I want to know, too. Right. Salary. I'm looking it up. Salary on the Giants. Oh, yeah, he was cheap. Okay, <laughs> he signed a one-year deal for one point three million dollars. All right, that's what that seems to be to me. That feels like the price for the Giants' backup quarterback right now. Like, given where I the mean, franchise is, but I don't know. That just feels insane to me. Like, I'm not saying bring back Mike Glennon. Like, I, I would like it to be like, I don't even know, but like, nothing. <laughs> Mostly nothing. Mostly no one. I mean, right. I guess we could get somebody. I mean, I guess a team doesn't give up a quarterback on a rookie deal, though. That's the problem. Every dollar 
is important for this team right now, right? I mean, like, they were so far over the cap. They're having to clear all this cap room. They Where are we at splurged. with Bradbury? Do you know? I don't know. But, I mean, isn't that that's kind of a perfect point, right? Like, wouldn't yeah. you rather have James Bradbury than Tyrod Taylor? Like, Well, I guess, but then I think doesn't that – can't you just turn your own – your same argument back around and say – well, but James Bradbury makes us better, which... No, but James Bradbury is a good corner in his prime. Like, he's still, like, a good player. He pl- He's a starter. Yeah. You know, this guy, this is a luxury item. Like, I don't know. But, I mean, they're both luxury items. A starting corner is not a luxury item. That's a necessity. No, all right, you're right. It's a necessity, but I mean, I feel like a backup quarterback's kind of a necessity too. The point is, is that if you're going to be a good team, you need either a good backup quarterback. You need both. You need a good backup quarterback and a good. I don't corner. think you need a good backup quarterback. First of all, I don't understand any team that pays big money to a backup quarterback. Your backup quarterback comes in, it, it's over. Forget it. I, but I don't think <laughs> we paid big money. It's a lot. It's nine million dollars. He's probably making more than Saquon's making. Well, Saquon's on a rookie deal, and frankly, Saquon stinks. I so but right, but like exactly. People want to get rid of him because he makes too much money. This guy's making more to not play. He's probably not going to play. All right. Now I want to see what what just what do the general what like what do backup quarterbacks make? I think it varies. Some it's like ten million for the really good ones, and then it's like, you know, your one point fives for the Mike Glennons of the world. There has to be. I want to know who's in between, right? Like, like who who's in between? Okay, the ten high ten highest paid backups in the NFL. What? How is this? C.J. Beathard makes two point eight five million. What? When is this from? This article. <laughs> this is from. Oh, December nineteenth, twenty twenty one. Okay. Uh, Mason Rudolph makes $3 million. Marcus Mariota, three and a half. So the, I think three and a half, this is the class. You're, I agree. We should have targeted this. Marcus Mariota made three and a half million. Joe Flacco made three and a half million. Nick Foles made four million. Jacoby Brissett, five million. Tyrod Taylor, 5.3 million. The fourth, high, fourth highest paid backup quarterback in the league. All right. Case Keenum, six million. Andy Dalton, 10 million. And Taysom Hill, twelve million. So yeah, I guess you're right. Point taken. He's very. Highly I mean, he's going to be one of the highest paid players on the team yeah. next year. Right. Leonard Williams will make more. Right. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. I just don't get it. Uh, yeah, no, I guess you're right. Now that I know, now that I'm more educated and I did live on-air research. <laughs> I, now, <laughs> I now concur that we're paying him too much. Too much money. I don't even dislike him, really. I just, to me, it's like, okay, that's a weird move. Yeah. No, I agree. You're right. You're right. It, it was a weird move, but I, who knows? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I'm sure 
Joe Shane is just twisting around a Rubik's cube to figure out how the hell we're going to afford a team this year. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm just, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's been so long that they've been so bad. And I feel like I'm so quickly jaded. Like, I was like, they did it right. You know, they got this new guy (laughs) and they got the new coaching staff. And I don't know. I find myself just instantly like, nah, it's probably all the same. Like, something about what's happening, like, just feels like, I don't know. There's still something off about the Giants, you know, like this, like compete today, but build for tomorrow. Like, I don't know. It just somehow still feels like, I know this guy's smart. I know Joe Shane is smart and I like hearing some of the things he's bringing, you know, with like, they're going to have an analytics department. And even just like when they were talking about the draft, like he, I was, this is some interview where he was just talking about like the software program they have to like, yeah. And that was all impressive and everything. But then it's just like, I can't instantly go to like, oh, they sign a couple offensive linemen. And it's like, look, it's this Joe Shane. He's, you know what I mean? He's he's playing chess and everybody's playing checkers. I don't know. You're still the Giants. You came to work for the Giants. That's a strike against you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's just something still feels off to me. And this move, I don't know. Not that it's like the biggest deal, but somehow like, what are they trying to do? You know, what do they think they're embarking on? So I, I'm going to, positive theory here and i think and and i i tend to do this more so i think with the knicks than the giants but i think you're fighting with giants twitter right now that actually joe shane and brian dable are doing quite a fantastic job but giants twitter is almost the opposite of knicks twitter where it's just like you know and we kind of talked about this earlier today but you're right they signed these two offensive linemen i've never heard of and it's just like (laughs) Look at this, Joe Shane. I see you, Joe Shane. And it's just like, what? No. I, you know, we haven't done anything. We're just right, like, right. again, we're not like barfing on ourselves and making in our pants simultaneously. <laughs> like, that's all we're doing, guys. Calm down. Right, right. And right. I think, but so I think that is maybe a little bit inside of your head as you're kind of, you know, that's where the pushback is. Like, there's enough praise out there for these guys, so I'm going to try to keep us here Grounded. on planet Earth. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Where this yeah. franchise has been an utter disaster for a decade and, like, a left guard from the Colts, you know, which also right. actually personally makes me a little nervous because I really wanted to go all in on a line in the draft. Um, and maybe they still will, maybe they won't now. I don't know if that this changes anything. They still obviously need a tackle and a center and whatever. Um, but we send a center too, right? I, th- I think. Oh, was one of them a center also? From Buffalo. Yeah, one of those guys was a center. Okay. So is he going to be the starting center? I mean, is that? He, I mean, he should be. He was a starter for Buffalo the last three years. Okay. But so that means they're not going to draft the center then probably. Probably not the center. But I mean, right. still – Look, we have so many needs, just like you said. I would not mind if we took a tackle and then a defensive end. Yeah. Somebody who can rush the damn passer, you know? Yeah. Like, we have those two top ten picks. I was with you. I would like it to be two offensive tackles. But if we can, you know, beef up the offensive line, you know, on a budget, and then draft another tackle, then we'll have 
two top 10 picks at the tackle spots, you know, kind of a meshed together thing inside with, by we hope, smart people. And then we get a defensive lineman, which we need almost as desperately as we need an offensive lineman. Yeah. It's okay, Brian. <laughs> it's okay. I Wait, no, think... this guy's a guard too, the guy from Buffalo. He's a guard. He's a guard? Yeah. Playing right guard for Buffalo. For three years? He's, that's a three-year starter? Oh, but he has played some center. 323 of his 2,536 NFL snaps have come at center. Okay. That's so good. he's like a he's a versatile guy. Yeah. Like we so, get, you know, some of these so like bargain. The center. Yeah. Well, bargain. I mean, this is the first it. draft of my entire life where I'm like, I want a center. Get but, the center. Well, I do. I just want them to put together a young, really talented offensive line. Like, just do that, you know? Build I, something really strong. Build one unit that's build the whole team around a really good offensive line. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I do agree with you. But again, even if we don't draft the center, and I don't really know his name and I don't want to know his name. I just want to call him the center. <laughs> the center. But even if we don't draft the center, we would still have in, in back-to-back, not back-to-back, but we drafted within two years of one another top five starting tackles on both sides that is the offense like even if we don't get the center we'll build no, those other without guys. the center there is nothing <laughs> <laughs> there is only darkness and despair <laughs> get me the center get me the center uh, we need <laughs> i don't know his name i, I tend to never learn it no, no don't avoid it at all costs <laughs> just Kind of look on draft day, and I'm going to ask one question. Did they get the center? <laughs> I just want to take like a top 10 center because it's like you never get it. There's, it's actually a rare thing. Like It's rare that you could even think about taking a center and have people be excited about it. And the Giants are in that rare place where you could take a center and people would be like, yeah, that's what yeah. we needed to do. <laughs> I, I totally agree. And look, we'll also, but I'll think about it like this. They said the same thing about Quentin Nelson a couple of years ago, right? Like he was probably the first guard that you would take top right. 10, totally justified. We, You'd be psyched about it. We should have taken him. Right. We should have, no, no doubt about it. But don't you roll your eyes a little bit when someone posts Quentin Nelson highlights on Twitter? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. He's a guard. Still, still a guard. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. 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 I get it. No, I want the center too. But if look, if we get a tackle and an edge rusher and these free agent signings are even fine, then that's actually that's a huge upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. All right. I, I don't I I don't think the, the roles that we're currently in are are natural roles. So let's flip spots and talk about the Knicks for a second. Or do you have anything else to say on the Giants? I just hate them. I'm just so <laughs> sick of them. I don't know. I just, I'm like so quick. I can't even believe how quickly I've just like turned on it. Like this whole regime already. <laughs> I gave Joe Shane 
a week and i'm like screw you josh i don't know why i don't even know what it is it's not the tyrod taylor move it's nothing just somehow i'm like whatever you're probably an idiot too it's all gonna be terrible do you think any of it is like you know there was a meal and you really wanted that meal you saw it on the menu and like oh my god (laughs) this is on the menu i get to have this and then you order it and then they bring it to the table and it looks incredible and you see one very tiny hair in right. it's not a it's not a roach it's not a lot of stuff otherwise it looks amazing but there's one hair in the meal the Brian Flores situation was a hair in the meal right right you know just that we were at the center of that because it's not just about us. It's, it's definitely the league. It's a systemic thing. It's, it's not just the giants and all that stuff, but it was the, it was just like, so wait, was this a real search? Is the search now in question? I thought I was rooting against Flores cause he was Mara's guy. I don't know what to do. I'm very confused by the whole thing. Yeah. Very disoriented. And then There's... maybe you overlook the hair, but as you eat the meal, you're just like, but there was a hair, right? It's not even I don't because I don't know this the Flores situation as much as like there's just something that still feels off like I don't know you know what would impress me is if they actually do trade Saquon which I'm actually it's sounding more and more like a possibility you know because like I just yeah. would like to see them do something that made John Mara like super uncomfortable you right. Know? right 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 <laughs> yeah <it's> true <laughs> like trading Saquon for like a third round pick which would just break his little heart, you know? Like, I'd like to see him... He needs to walk the plank a little bit. Like, yeah, I guess he did fire Joe Judge, and that certainly made him sad. Um, But I need more. (laughs) Right. I No, I get it. Because, like, you know, he had to fire Joe Judge, and that made him sad. But it was so necessary. There's no way he could have not could have not right he couldn't have gotten away with that right trading saquon isn't like a there's no other option type of deal it's just it's like we could no we definitely easily could keep saquon yeah we're not not going to we're not going to it's not gonna work and we don't need him and he's a waste of money and we're gonna get rid of him and we're gonna get another like a mid-round pick for him because we don't need him (laughs) i think I think Joe Shane needs to go into John Mayer's office, sit down and say, John, this is the price for the medium sodas. This is right. the price you must pay. The right. medium sodas. If you want to get everyone's trust back from that, we need to let go of Saquon. Right. Because he still gets his Daniel Jones and he gets to put right. his team around him and give him another shot. Like make him do something that, that makes him squirm a little bit. Yeah. But he doesn't really want to do. Like, and I am so sick of Saquon. Right, trade Saquon. Get him. Get him. Out I don't here. know. Like, yeah. Does it also? Do you think if, if Brian Flores isn't the hair in your meal, was it Brian Dable walking from his truck? <laughs> maybe, maybe it definitely was a like. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> this team doesn't know what they're doing. I no. don't know. No, they couldn't even hire a decent social media person in the new right. the tri-state area. Yeah, they're just <laughs> they're just off. There's something off. It's like yeah. you know when it's like the new Coke Zero. It's like a it's like more Coke Zero-y. and it's like right. I don't know. 
Is it better? Right. <laughs> it still also, tastes did like... I did I want more Coke Zero? <laughs> right. Did I need a new Coke Zero? The existing Coke Zero was already a pretty horrifying and disappointing beverage. <laughs> oh, now it's better. I guess maybe it's a little better. It's still like kind of tastes shitty. Right. That's it's what I'm, that's what I feel. Yeah, I feel it's like better. somebody handed me a really large bottle of the new Coke Zero. <laughs> <laughs> It's still Coke Zero. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's jump to the old Coke Zero. The next. Okay. The next. The ultimate Coke Zero. I I am feeling so angry at Julius Randall again, Brian. <laughs> I just I really do. I feel so angry at him. I don't remember what caused it last night. It was last night I was thinking about it too. Right. <laughs> Play last night. But just like why why does he have to be such a dick you know it's always somebody else it always like i you know uh, now i know what set me off was the and i saw it you know as it happened i noticed it but you know how it's it's the clip on twitter of i don't know was it durant just going right to the lane and randall just watch him go by and then looking at everybody else angrily i didn't see that so there was some play I'm pretty sure it was Durant. It was in the fourth quarter. I think it was like Durant blew by whoever and just had a like went right up the middle and dunked the ball pretty much uncontested at that point. And Randall was the nearest defender. Just watched like as soon as he realized there was no help. So he was to the outside. He was dealing with the corn, uh, the guy in the corner. No one from underneath came and Randall just turned his head and like rather than do anything, he just like stood straight up and just like held like, well, this sucks, you know, and it's like that that's the essence of it. That's the problem. That's why I hate you. This whole season, this whole season has just been Randall getting angry at everyone else when he's at fault, too. But it's all he just always wants to make sure you know it's someone else's fault. Whether it's the fans that he gives us thumbs down to, an assistant coach because he's smacking a laptop, you know, Evan Fournier, who he's just arguing with, whoever else he was mad about about Kevin Durant's dunk, you know, he loses absolute composure against Phoenix, gets kicked out of that game. Like it's always he's just and, and with the refs constantly. He's just always yelling at somebody, and it's like, hey, you suck. You play better. <laughs> but he is playing better. He's playing much better. Oh, he still sucks. This is this is Julius Randle's numbers in the month of March. Would you like to see them? Fine. I know I would not, but I'll, I'll sit here. I'll do the exercise. <laughs> He's averaging 27.6 points on 45.6% shooting shooting 43.9% from three with eight rebounds, four assists, a half a block, and a steal. And, But none of those numbers take into account the pivotal moments in the game that he, he just bowls his way into the lane with no plan whatsoever. I, I just feel like he's... A lot of his issues, though, are like body language, you know? Like... Right. But like body language is not totally in, in people's control. And God, the Knicks went, Jesus. 
God, one and ten in February. Unbelievable. Oh. I mean, when you think about it, they were having like a perfectly fine season until yeah. then. Yeah. Like that it's sort awful. of like forgotten how like bad it just went out of nowhere. Like, why did that happen? <laughs> because we weren't playing Deuce McBride. <laughs> right. Right. But like why? Why did it get so bad? You know? Like it's just like Kemba Walker was just just killing us, I guess. Like I don't yeah, know. Yes, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Something But it's just not so just off. body language. Like that body language, it's not like he's misunderstood. Like yeah, he kind of looks like that, but no, he's really like he's a great leader. He does all these things. Like he looks like that be- he looks like he has bad body language because he, his a- attitude has been terrible. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't, though, like, he doesn't snipe at teammates in the media or anything. He hasn't, like, pointed any fingers at anybody or he hasn't. He and Tibbs seem to be totally fine. There doesn't seem to be any tension there between them. Like, at some point, I think you have to lighten up on Julius Randle. Because he plays, you're not going to be able to survive. He plays 35 minutes a game. <laughs> He's the best player on the team. I hate him. Have you seen... I know I mentioned this once before, but have you seen the movie, Eddie? No. Oh, you should really watch... I mean, it's not good, but... Uh, right, right, You yeah. should watch it Part just of for Nick's how lore. much Stacey Patton will, may remind you of, of, <laughs> of Julius Randle just from like a like an attitude perspective where he's like the best player but it's sort of like who cares because we stink um i don't know i guess i'm just like he's playing much better it hasn't made that much of a difference at a certain point like what can he do well just turn his frown upside down yes (laughs) Yes. Like have a little gusto, have a little fire, a little competitive fire out there. You know, it's just like, yeah, you are, you're the best player. You're, you're the team looks to you. You set the tone and the tone you're setting is a huge downer all the time. Right. I agree. I agree. I don't disagree. I mean, I find the experience of him very upsetting a lot. Um, I don't know though. Like, is he not playing well enough now? Like, it doesn't change anything necessarily, but like, it feels like, I don't know. He's at least, like, I saw an interesting trade. Like, I saw, you know, you see all these stupid articles that are like, the Knicks trade mega blockbuster, or whatever, you know? <laughs> but there was like, um, talk of a trade with Dallas with Randall going there and I think maybe we get Brunson or something. And um, I was like, you know, that doesn't sound insane. You know, I mean, maybe he and Doncic wouldn't be the best fit, but like, I feel like he's playing well enough that like, is he, right. is you know, he movable? Like, yeah. Like he's movable again, or he's also like, if we did do some crazy trade, got donovan mitchell like yeah he is here he's still formidable enough like he's you know there was a period there where he was just like garbage for like 
a month, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Look at like like this. This is Julius Randle's January. This is unbelievable. Sixteen point four points on forty percent shooting, twenty four percent from three. Ugh. Yeah. from the line. He's been at 80 in March. So this is my point, right? Is he better now? Absolutely. He's playing much better. But when you have a January like that, you don't get to have an attitude with everybody. Yeah. I hear you. I I just think it's like, it seems like, is it unforgivable? You know, maybe not any one of the individual incidents, but like, like, think about this season. There's the thumbs down, the laptop smack, the ejection at Phoenix. The I'll send you the clip from the Brooklyn game. It's just been like, and all the turnovers and all the referee arguments. It's just like, shut up. Yeah. Just shut up. <laughs> you can't be this bad. You can't have a January like that, especially considering the February that the team had. You couldn't tank like that in February and then have an attitude with anybody. You're as much, even if you're playing better now, you're as much a part of the problem as anything. I agree with that. And I do think he is the number one reason the season has felt so unpleasant. Correct. But I do think it's good. It it is a positive for the franchise that he's playing much better. And... You know, if they could get him going, uh, you know, it could still be um, important, I guess. Yeah, I agree with that. I I am happy to root for him increasing his trade value. Right. But if he wants me to root for him as a player again, he's got some work to do. Yeah, I mean, look, no, no doubt, there's been something just so irritating about watching him. Um, it's like hard to even put your. I mean, it is like his face is that is just his bow. It's so like physical, um, and it is the turnovers that just seem like they're just so inexplicable, you know, and they're lazy almost. Like it's just like, no, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing that? Why are you doing um, that? Yeah, yeah. But look, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, I just think all the focus on him, hating his guts, like, you know, he's here. We're stuck with him for a little bit. He can be fun sometimes. He has 46 points the other night. You know, he's, uh, he's a bulldozer. Like I, you know, actually, before we get to, before we wrap, because this is sort of re- relative to a little bit about Julius Randle, but like, um, or it's related. I was I've been thinking about LeBron and how you know LeBron. One, it's sort of interesting that he's declined now, and his stats are still amazing. You know, but like he just can't like he's not the one man like he's not enough by himself. But it's like his stats right. don't totally tell that story. You know what I mean? Like he still puts up these amazing numbers, but then you watch the team. And he just is not as impactful. But I also think there's this thing with LeBron where sometimes LeBron looks so dominant that, like, you just are like, why doesn't LeBron, like, score 60 points, like, every game? You know what I mean? Right. Yes. <laughs> and there's a, there's a thing about every LeBron game feels weirdly disappointing. Because there's, like, there's something about him where you're, like, 
he's almost so interested in being this like all around player that you're like, LeBron, just like score 70. Like <laughs> there's this element of his career that feels like, I feel like you could just drive to the basket every single time and score. And I know that's, it's, that can't be, and it's not fair, but like he, I feel that way about him sometimes. And and not that Julius Randle is like that, but there's an element of Julius Randle where like, it feels like he could be playing better every time you're watching him. And he's like, just not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's like, there's something like where you're just like, just, if you could just like focus or like just play the way, like there's, it's like, you feel like he's just not doing it (laughs) in a way that I think is true of LeBron sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I don't know it. This is a hard thing to measure. I, I, you know, because the main thing, that's different from last year is that he would take these shots that weren't great shots, but they would go in. And now he still takes not great shots. But they don't go in. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it's that image in your head of like, yeah, but I just saw you for a whole season make those. Yeah. Well, just what? Just do that. Right. But there's also times where he, when he's like going to the basket hard and he's so big and fast and you're just like, just like go do that all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but hasn't it been an effort thing with him? Like that's so hard to, to measure, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Cause on defense too, you see it. Yeah. You do see it on defense, but def- you know, defense is hard. Cause when you are the best offensive player, I think sometimes you are hoping that other guys will like, yeah. Look, I'm like really dying. You know, I got it's hard scoring all these points. Like, I kind of need somebody to make that rotation. But I hear you. Like, there are times where he just like really doesn't um, make that extra effort. And then, like, it, I just get the same vibe when he's you know trying to post up whoever, and he's out at the three point line. Yeah, you know, I know like, what you mean. Yeah, like you could barrel that get your ass down there yeah (laughs) i know i you know he's been it's not been fun at all to watch him i just like part of me i don't know he's still a good player he's playing well right now let's let's hope that that continues whether he's here for longer i think the knicks should really think long and hard about what can be done there (laughs) But I just don't want you to torture yourself with it anymore, Scott. I, I wish I want you to make some peace with it. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Brian. That's very kind of you. Well, Find I think some I'm kind of state to. And I, to... I would say the same to you about the Joe Shane era. At least give right. yourself a little time. Look at that. We spent a whole after dark of negativity. and We're going to wrap it up on that pleasant note. <laughs> Good for us. All right. Thanks All right. for listening, everybody. I'll see you next week.